Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. I still love that intro. Every time I love that intro. Oh, we get you pumped up. Yeah. So welcome, fellow vets. Uh, Brian Reese here, the VA Claims Insider. I'm coming at you live from Austin, Texas, and I am blessed today to introduce some brothers in arms here. I've got a fellow veteran coach, Brandon Humphreys. He's also a, an Army disabled veteran. And I'm not going to steal any of Barney's thunder because <laughs> – Focusing on Barney today, uh, who is an actual VA Claims Insider Elite client. Uh, he worked with Brandon, and he's got a lot of stuff to share about his experience today. And he's got some tips for y'all, fellow vets, that he's going to reveal. And some of the stuff, let me, let me just preface this by saying you might get a little uncomfortable. Okay? He might share some things that make you a little uncomfortable, okay? But he's just sharing his experiences and the things that he learned in the actions he took, okay, to get the VA benefits that he deserved by law. And so, so Barney, without further ado, I don't want to steal any of your thunder, brother, and I know you've got a hard stop. So we want to get to you right away. And I want to start with just, can you can you share with all of the fellow veterans listening including our teammates. Can you tell your story of sure. what branch you were in when you joined? And yeah, we'll keep keep flashing everybody who's on live, uh, your name, where you're from, your branch of service, years of service. Uh, we just, we're going to okay. jump only because Barney has a hard stop. Okay. So okay. tell us, bro. Well, uh, I served eight years in the army, active duty, and then I got off my deployment of Iraq in 2000. Um, I came back in 04. And then I came off active duty December 12th of 2005 after eight years of active duty. I was stationed in Germany um, and I was in Claiborne Concern. So um, I had, I mean, I love the army, but after the, my deployment to Iraq, that was the end of it for me. I, I, I was about done. So um, I came back. I originally filed my claim. Uh, I was at 40% originally uh, back then in 04, it took a whole year to get your claim back. So I didn't get it to like 06, the middle or end of 06 from the time I left active duty and took about a year and things have kind of progressed and changed in the VA since then. Yeah. And I got out, I got out as an E6. Awesome. Thank you for your service. And I, I remember, I remember you talking, or talking about this briefly on our phone call. I mean, if you were in Iraq in 03, you were essentially part of the initial invasion, right? Or shortly after? I got there shortly after. Uh, I got there December 2nd of 2004. I mean, sorry, January 2nd of 2004. Um, we went in that 
we flew into Kuwait and then from Kuwait, we went into Iraq. Got it. Awesome, man. Thank you for that. And thank you for your service and all the fellow vets listening. Thank you for your service. Okay. From us fellow disabled veterans to you. Uh, appreciate that across the screen, Eric, the bearded vet behind the scenes, feel free to keep, keep uh, flashing the shout outs of uh, fellow vets around the world. Uh, Barney, tell us how you came into our world. Tell us well, about your journey with VA Claims Insider and sort of what happened sure. and share some timelines with folks that might help give them okay. some context. Uh, well, from like 2000, from the time I got my VA rating at 40% back in 2000, um, I got it in 2006, but I filed when I left active duty in 2005. And when I got it, I just was, I, I hovered at 40% all the way up until 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day I just, I, I knew I wasn't rated. I got denied originally for certain, for certain um, problems I was having. And then I just kind of just didn't do nothing. And then one day back in 2017, I came across you on Facebook, Brian, and, um, I heard you speak one day and then that was it. That's all I needed to hear. And that was the motivation for me to go back to the VA, get the medical attention I needed and drive me to get to the higher percentage that I wanted to get to. And, um, I found you in 2017 and I joined your elite series and I paid that fee at $39.99. And I spent, I just spent time listening to other veterans on how, they were failing at the same things I was a- applying for. They were failing the same way I was. So I decided to take your advice and listen to the coaches. And you made a very powerful comment that resonated with me. You said, if you don't have the medical evidence, go get it. And you said it three times that day. And I was like, he's right. So I joined that elite series. I got touch with one of the coaches and I did the trainings that you guys have in the evenings. I signed on and I asked questions and I told them what I was filing for. And then I researched what the VA was looking at. And then I went back to the VA and all my doctor's appointments and I documented what my problems were in associated with what they were rating me and what the rating was supposed to be. So I, I did what you said. I went and I got that medical evidence. I documented, documented, documented. And then after in 2019, I started filing and I got, I went from 40 to 60, from 60 to 80, from 80 to 90 and 90 to hundred percent. And it took, it took four, <laughs> wow. it, it took, four, it took four years, but every, I got denied a couple of times and I just kept going back. And I was like, well, if I did file it correctly the first time, how do I file it the next time so I can get it approved? And then I spent time with the coaches and you navigated me through the VA process, but I did it on my own. And what really helped me was going to a civilian doctor because the VA doctors were not going to say I had this diagnosis. So I had to go get the medical evidence and I I spent money on my own pocket to do it. But I had to go get the medical help that I needed to get the help to help my body heal. So, and that's what it takes because the VA, you know, I'm not going to badmouth the VA, but they're not there to help you at the same time. So 
you know, I had to, I had to find a way to make it work for me and going to a civilian doctor was the only way. So when president Trump opened up the VA healthcare outside of the VA, that changed things for me. I was able to go to a civilian doctor, tell them what my PTSD problems were, discuss what my problems were, go to therapy, get medications and get the help that I needed to help me, um, with my issues. And at the same time, I was documenting each visit and then I would take that documentation, put it into a binder and save it. So I knew there was going to come a day where I was going to file with the VA and that's what I used. And every visit I went to, I got a copy of that medical, that medical visit and I put it into a folder and I saved it. Hey Barney. So man, you're there. There's so many nuggets in what you just shared right? The, the concept of get your butt to the doctor, which we talk about. Okay. If you're hearing our voices and you think you have disability conditions, but they're not documented, they're not medically diagnosed. Okay. If you try to file a claim for that, I can virtually guarantee you it's going to get denied. Because if you don't have a medical diagnosis, either in active service records VA medical records, as Barney was alluding to, private medical records. If you're seeing outside civilian providers for your care, you're going to be dead in the water, folks. Okay, so you have to get your butt to the doctor. And, and Barney, I want to ask Brandon a question uh, along your story, because I know you guys work together. But Brandon, what is what is one thing that jumped out about working with Barney? Like what? What attributes did he bring into the fight regarding his claim that you think other vets should go, okay, I'm going to adopt that guy's attitude. Can you share kind of what you saw from Barney? Absolutely. No, thanks. And uh, Barney, thanks for jumping on and sharing your story. Cause I mean, I still remember our first time we called and talked and everything and we, uh, we hit it off, got, uh, got you up to speed and, there were some things like with the VA math we didn't understand and we worked together on trying to figure that out, um, making sure we had the right game plan. But the main thing that Barney was doing was, hey, he was he did what Brian Reese always talks about. Get your butt to the doctor, get that medical evidence. And I wasn't going to do it for him. I can't do anything for him. I mean, I can give him the education and so forth and be able to lead him in the right direction. And Barney took it upon himself to then go get that evidence to work on those personal statements to build that claim so it had the most probative value as, as it possibly could and from there we worked together as a team and we just kept bouncing ideas off of each other and said okay hey what do we need to do and if you need to go also, get that diagnosis get that diagnosis get that also, oh, go ahead i wanted to add when i went for my cmp exam um the trainings at the va claims insider at night when all these coaches sign on and you're getting ready to go to the cmp exam that was pivotal for me. What happened to me, I was filing for plantar fasciitis. So one morning I had a CMP exam. I had to drive a hundred miles to it. I was at the gas station getting gas. It was 6.30 in the morning. My exam was at 7.30. I pulled into the gas station. The car next to me pulled in. This lady, she had scrubs on and she had on her, you know, her veteran ID. So I'm just getting gas. But when I left the gas station, that same car drove in behind me and we were a couple miles from the VA. I walked in and parked. She walked in and parked at the same time. 
she saw me walk in. So I went in, I signed into the, to my appointment. And when I, when, when the door opened and the lady came out, it was the same lady that saw me at the gas station. Mm -hmm. So she saw me walk from the car into the building. And that was my VA. That was the VA claims representative who was doing my CEP exam. So when you get to the VA, that's when the CMP exam starts. It's the minute you park the car. Before you get out of the car, somebody's watching you. She watched me. So she saw me limping into the building. She knew my feet were swollen. And when I took my shoe off, I could show her how bad my foot was. So she knew. She saw me at the gas station. She saw me walk in the building. She saw me before she ever met me. And I didn't know it. So the CMP exam starts. The minute you arrive to that location and you before you open the car, somebody's watching you. Yeah. Now, so what I think what Barney's talking about too, and this is important, okay? When we talk about being uncomfortably vulnerable, when we talk about sharing your uncomfortable truths, okay, that means telling the CNP examiner, whether you see them in the parking lot, you're in the exam room, you're talking to them on the phone, regardless of how you see them, okay, you have to be brutally honest with exactly how you're doing. Now, let me be clear about this, okay? A lot of veterans in our experience try to downplay the severity of their symptoms, okay? We're trained culturally in the service to take care of everybody except ourselves, Okay. We're trained to not whine, not complain, just get the mission done. Okay. At all costs, many times at the expense of our own physical and mental well-being, get the mission done. Okay. When you go to your CNP exam, this is your opportunity to say, hang on a second. These are benefits that I deserve for my honorable service. If you've got a major issue, as Barney alluded to, you got severe plantar fasciitis, which is severe heel pain. Okay. You got swollen feet. Maybe you have to wear a brace. Okay. Wear those things if it's what you would do normally day to day and just go in there and be honest and be vulnerable and share how severe your symptoms are. You have to do it. I know it's uncomfortable, vets. I know it is. I've never been to a CNP exam, not a single one, where I felt comfortable. Well, I will tell you, though, I I wanted to tell you, Brian, you got, like I learned in your training, you got to describe your worst day. You're not there. When they they come out and say, how are you doing? You should be saying, I'm not doing well. I don't feel good. You Mm -hmm. know? You're not there to be nice to these people. They're not there to be nice to you. You're there for an exam. Yeah. You know, you can hire you can hire uh, an attorney. You can hire a representative to help you, but they can't go to the CMP exam for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, and, and we've seen some of these traps, by the way, with some garbage CMP examiners. Uh, you know, we've seen them t- say things to veterans like, I haven't reviewed your record, right? Or I don't know anything about your situation when they actually have. Uh, we've seen CNP examiners who are just absolutely ugly and dishonest and brutal. 
We've seen denied mental health claims and the CNP examiner wrote in their comments, you know, well, I was on the veterans Facebook page and, you know, they seem to be living a happy, normal life. I'm sorry. You, you saw somebody for 30 minutes or an hour and you're going to make an assessment based upon what you see on social media wow. as to how they're doing in their mental health condition. You best check yourself. Okay. You best check yourself because you don't know what's going on up here. Okay. So again, fellow vets, you need to be aware that you're not there to be friends with the CNP examiner. The CNP examiner ain't your friend. They're there to do a job. You're there to do a job. Get your butt in there and be prepared to tell all of the ugly. Okay. Now, obviously it has to be true. Okay. If you file a false claim, it's illegal under federal law under the False Claims Act. Okay. You have to be honest about how severe your symptoms are and how those things are negatively limiting or affecting your life. Okay. If you do that, if you stick to your story, your true story, you've reviewed your evidence, you're going to be just fine. And even if you get a crap CNP exam, you can fight it. Okay. You can call 1-800-827-1000, speak to a rep, tell them, put notes in my VA claims file to the regional office in my state. I'm messaging LHI, QTC, VES, whoever the contracted exam company was. Okay. If you're a garbage CNP examiner, we're telling our vets to call your S out one at a time. Okay. Because you are supposed to do your job, which is conduct legal, moral, ethical, and medically sound exams. We're disabled veterans who stood up and served our country. Okay. We demand it. We expect it. We deserve it. Okay. Um, I wanted to add uh, the preparation for the exam is important. You know, whether you're going for PTSD or you're going for plantar fasciitis, you, you, you got to know your conditions on your worst day. And I went, I did everything you guys said. I walked in with my DD-214. I walked in with a nexus statement. I walked in with my DPQ. I had copies of my medical records. I was able to present them and give them to them. I even had a five by seven card because I got PTSD and I got memory issues. So I wrote things down. I, and I even told the examiner, do you mind if I read this? Cause I forget things. And I even yeah. showed it to him. I said, here, you can read it if you want. I got nothing to hide, nothing. So yeah. when I walked in, I was prepared. I was ready. And, and that's the key. That is yeah. the key. You've got to have the documentation. And that's the key to winning your, your case is document, document, document. Without documentation, you have no case. Yeah. And I, I had a mentor of mine in active duty and, and he encouraged me early on in my career. You know, he said, hey, LT, as you're getting spun up, make sure you're documenting throughout the quarters significant accomplishments that you and your team uh, have have pushed forward. New initiatives, dollars saved in contracts awarded, uh, you know, major accomplishments to the mission and successes of your teammates. And he told me to do that every quarter and just essentially keep a running log. And he said, because guess what? When it comes time for your performance report every year, 
you're not going to have to go back and start from scratch all the time. You're going to have these things documented. And the advice he gave was, Brian, if it ain't documented, it didn't happen. And man, like that is true for the VA disability system. Yeah. If it's not documented, the VA is going to presume that it didn't happen. Okay. Correct. You have to get this stuff documented, fellow vets. Now, we obviously know many of us are now veterans. We're not wearing the uniform anymore. It's maybe been three years, 10 years, 30 years, 50 years since you served. Okay. It's never too late to no. get your disability conditions documented now, but you've got to take action. Okay. Nobody's going to do this for you. And, and Barney, Okay, tell everybody here, right? Who should care about their disability claim? You. Yeah. You. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody is going to win this for you, but you. You have to do it. It's it's hard, but you've got to document. You've got to go get the medical evidence. And if you can't, if a doctor's not helping you, get another doctor. Go. Go to another doctor. Find a way. Find a way. There is a way. You've got to go to another doctor, and that will help you and 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 research what your problems are, know what the conditions are, and know what the rating system is, so you know how to document. That's the yeah. key. And I, I want to stay, Brian. I want to yeah. stay, Brian, but I got to get going. I want to thank yeah. you for having me, and I'm grateful to VA Claims Insider and you. I'm grateful that I found you on Facebook, 2017. I'm here to help anybody that wants help. You you just got it. You've got it. This is all about what you do, not what somebody does for you. It's it's about you. Wow. Wow. Epic advice. Yeah. Thank you for being here, Barney. Thank you for your service. I'm I know you grateful. Yeah. I'm grateful. I'm grateful I found you on Facebook 2017. I, I that's all I can tell you. You said go, you don't have the medical evidence. Go get it. Nobody's gonna do it for you but you. And you can hire an attorney, but they can't win your case. Only you can. It's the only way. Man, I'm, I'm going to reach through virtually here and give you a big old bear hug. <laughs> yeah! Big old bear hug! Hey, hey it's, it's, it's about knowing the conditions and knowing how, how to get it documented. You know, that's the key. Well, thank you for having me. I'm grateful for everything. Thank you, Brian. I really, I'm blessed for everything that you guys have helped me with. I'm, I'm honestly grateful from the bottom of my heart, man. And uh, I'm an emotional guy, so I don't want to cry on you. I appreciate you. I love you, man. Love you too, Barney. Thank you, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah. Congratulations again, Barney. Thank you Thanks. too, Brandon. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. Congrats, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. my God. Barney was awesome. Barney's been a great client, great vet, good friend and everything. We've built a great rapport ever since. And I, I, I still remember uh, Barney uh, leading up to his CMP exam. I, we'd be trying to prep and get him ready for what was going to be like questions and so forth. And I always tell people like um, when I talk with fellow veterans before their CMP exam, they always ask, what, what can I expect? It's yeah. always like one of the number one questions. What can I expect at this exam? Well, yeah. What I always tell people, go and you, I do it too. Google, go to the VA website or Google and look up the DBQ. If you don't know what a DBQ is, it's the Disability Benefits Questionnaire. And yeah. it's the standard form that you're going to have for that exact exam that you're going to go for. Each claim has its specific one. 
There's one for migraines. There's one for sleep apnea. There's one for range of motion for lower body radiculopathy. You name it, GERD, IBS. Um, on that, that's what that examiner is going to use. They're going to go right down the list, and they're going to start off with the diagnosis. Then they're going to start going through the clinical of, hey, what are the signs and symptoms? Is there limited range of motion? Um, are you experiencing things one time a day, one time a month, three times a year? It depends on what that claim is, and you got to know. And that's one of the things is, is if you educate yourself knowing what those symptoms are, and you know what what claim or what percentage you feel that you should be legally and ethically awarded, then you need to mirror those two up and know, okay, hey, for me to get that top symptom, like top rating, and this is what I experience on a normal daily basis or throughout the year, that's being uncomfortable, vulnerable, and telling the truth. We don't malinger. We don't stretch the truth. We don't lie. If you do that, go somewhere else. I don't want to talk with you, but I want to help someone get what they're legally able to get. And that's where we start off from a coaching perspective of, hey, I didn't know when I first joined back in February of 2020, I was at 40%. I never knew what a secondary claim was. I went to a VSO and that was, that's where I started. And if you don't mind, I'd love to share my story. Yeah, Brandon, I'm, and I'm, I'm super happy, man, that, you, I mean, you're already dropping more value bombs, um, but absolutely, please, please share with everybody who, who you are, who, who's Brandon, tell us about your service. I know real quick before I turn it over to you, talking, uh, even before we went live with y'all, he's got a bunch of medals and he's, he's got his shadow box behind and we were talking about Afghanistan and, and his service. There you go, there they are. So, yeah, we were talking about his time in a striker brigade. And so, um, Brandon, tell tell everybody who you are, man. All right. So my name's Brandon Humphreys. I, uh, I live in Missouri, um, right there in the middle. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, joined in 2006, got out 2011. Uh, uh, airborne wings, infantry with the Army. Um, went up to Fort Lewis. So anyone out in Fort Lewis or in that area? Um, Hats off to you. Thank you, everyone that's uh, watching this. Um, appreciate everything that you all do. Um, I was only in for four years. I know a lot of people put in a lot more years than I do, and uh, I've done a lot more sacrifice than what I went through as well. So I appreciate everything. Um, and Brian, thank you too. I mean, I've said it a couple times to you before, but I'm gonna say it again. Every time I get a chance to talk with you, I wanna tell you how much I appreciate you going out, creating this company, being able to help me and my family I mean, like I said, I started off at 40%. I'm now at a true 91% due to learning through this program, what it has to offer and educating me because I didn't know anything. I trusted a VSO and put my hands and put basically my claims in their hands and then it ruined it to some degree. And not trying to say that a VSO is bad, but there are certain ones that they just, they're underpaid, overworked and they just don't have the time. And, and so once you learn how to take control, just like Barney did, you take control with yourself and your claim and you put the effort. Cause at the end of the day, the number one person that should worry about the, your claim the most is you. It shouldn't be your coach. It shouldn't be Brian Reese. It shouldn't be anyone else other than you. At the end of the day, you got to be the one that's motivated and so forth. And that's why we have these Facebook groups. This is why we have the elite program and you got the mastermind. I mean, join, be a part, join these coach, like the office hours and stuff. That's what we're here for because there's going to be times that you fail yeah. and not that you fail, but that the VA plays hard, plays hard against you and so forth. And it's, 
And it sucks. I mean, it's one of those where you bring all the medical evidence. You think, hey, I got the perfect claim. It's a slam dunk. And then all of a sudden the VA slaps you and says, nope, sorry, not service connecting. You're like, well, what the heck happened? And that's where depression can set in. You can get uh, unmotivated and you're like, hey, you know what? Never mind. Like, I just want to give up. And that's where having a support group of other disabled veterans and so forth that we're all a part of at BACI is that, hey, we're all working here together. We have our good days, we have our bad days. And by being able to um, stick together and, and have each other's backs, we're going to be able to help each other to keep motivated because the only way that the VA wins is if we give up. So yeah. don't give up. Yeah. If you got to take a couple months off or a couple weeks, whatever it is, that's fine. Let me know when you're ready. Um, yeah. And we're going to push forward. I mean, that's what we're here for. We're not going away anytime soon. That's mad. Thank you. And, and you're welcome, Brandon. You're absolutely welcome. It's the highest honor of my life to get to do this uh, with incredible human beings and disabled veterans like you, uh, as well as our veterans listening. Right. I mean, we don't we don't exist without you. And you know, I joked with somebody not too long ago, and, and it's actually kind of true of I wish I didn't have to have this company. Well, this company shouldn't exist. I wish I didn't have to have this company. Okay. And what that means is if the VA did what they're supposed to do, if the CNP exam system worked, if veterans had enough medical evidence in their service treatment records, or if people believed us when we say we have these conditions rather than just denying it at face value, okay, uh, we don't have a reason to be in business, okay? Mm -hmm. But the point is, fellow vets, I went through years and years of frustration, depression, anxiety. I've got a myriad of mental health issues. I still have plenty of bad days. And, you know, Brandon alluded to some of this already. I need you just as much as you need us. We do this together, okay? Veterans helping veterans worldwide. That's part of what makes our movement so special, okay? And we meet you wherever you are. We meet you no matter where you are. Maybe, maybe you've been stomped on the floor a hundred times. You've had 17 denials and you're just done, okay? We're going to meet you there. We're going to we're going to find out what happened, what went wrong. Okay? Maybe you're already at 70% or 90% and you believe you deserve an increase either in your your current service connect disabilities. Maybe you're trying to secondary service connect something as Brandon alluded to. I mean, he didn't even know what a secondary claim was. I didn't even know what the VA was until I was ready to take off the uniform. Never even heard of it, okay? I didn't even know what sleep apnea was until long after leaving service, okay? Well, if you don't know that these conditions even possibly exist, and you never went to the doctor on active duty to tell the medical examiners what you're dealing with, okay? Of course you didn't go to the doctor. You're not going to go whine and complain that you're not sleeping well. Good Lord. You suck it up and you carry on. 
Well, guess what? Years later, maybe you actually had sleep apnea. Maybe you actually were suffering from an undiagnosed mental health condition. Okay. Maybe you're abusing alcohol and drugs and you just weren't honest. Okay. Raise your hand. All right. You don't, you don't have to say yes here. This is a, this is a veteran's honor. Okay. Every single year we had to take those questionnaires of our mental and physical well-being. Okay. How many vets are really honest about how much they're drinking, about how much sleep you're getting, right? About your physical pain? No, nobody wants a referral to AA, okay? Nobody wants their chain of command to find out. Heaven forbid you're put on a profile and ostracized from your unit, called a wimp, you're non-deployable, and worst case, you get booted. Okay, so there are systemic structural barriers in active duty service that prevent veterans, prevent active duty troops at the time from being honest about what they're dealing with. I, Brandon, I remember being in Afghanistan. I was seeing an, a psychiatrist. It was an army psychiatrist. He, he saved my life. 100%. The guy saved my life. I was seeing an army psychiatrist in theater at Kandahar Airfield because that's how bad I was. Wow. A buddy of mine actually kicked me in the ass and said, dude, I'm taking you to mental health. He flew in from Camp Leatherneck. Okay. That army psychiatrist saved my life. And here I am like at, at my wits end, not sleeping, severe insomnia, anxiety, fear. I can't, I mean, I can't breathe. And this army psychiatrist brought me in for therapy sessions, prescribed some medications. Okay. It took a while to start working on the right cocktail mix there. Um, but the point folks is that individual and my buddy really helped me and, and saved my life at a time when I was doing real bad. I was crumbling. Okay. And guess what? I wasn't even worried about taking my own life. I was worried about the fear, the shame and embarrassment of being labeled with post-traumatic stress disorder and the fear of my commander possibly finding out and the fear that I might be sent home. I couldn't even imagine it. Okay. Couldn't imagine it. I, Brandon, I remember asking the army psychiatrist to see what he wrote down because I didn't want a diagnosis of a mental health condition. Mm -hmm. it, there's a stigma out there. I mean, it's probably more in recent times in the last couple of years that it's starting to be more um, allowed or like, hey, if I have one, like, I mean, no one's going to know unless you tell them. I mean, there's HIPAA and everything like that. So it's not like your job's going to be able to know or anything like of that nature that I'm aware of, but it's up to you if you want to tell people. Otherwise, hey, I mean, there's nothing that says that you can have or be compensated for PTSD and still have a job. You can still be 100% P&T and still be able to make widgets out of your garage, pick up a phone call, sit behind a computer and still do the job and still yeah. make income. So don't think, okay, hey, a lot of people ask me, hey, at 100% K 
can I can I still work? I remember Barney um, calling me up and be like, I mean, leading up to his exam, call me five times a day sometimes, <laughs> and it'd be like, hey, it's Barney again, it's Barney again. Like, hey, yeah, yeah I know. Barney. Sorry, I gotta take this call again. <laughs> and but Barney's a great guy. I mean, I love the guy. I mean, he'd always ask great questions and stuff. But I mean, like anyone, you go up to that exam and you get nervous. I get nervous. I mean even being a coach and everything, it's still my claim. I mean, I still know the importance of it and I'm trying to get what I feel I should be rightfully, like what I rightfully should earn and deserve. So it's one of those where you start thinking about things and, and it, it's hard. Um, I mean, going back to like the, not going to sick call and everything. Um, oh, nice. Where the hell's my thing at? There we go. Yeah. So, infantry. Blue. So, yeah. Yeah. Brandon. I bet you went to the doctor for every little ache and pain you ever had. <laughs> yep. Yep. So with my unit, I know you talked and I kind of got sidetracked because there's so much information to put out there. And um, with me, I was in the infantry up second ID, fifth brigade striker um, up in Fort Lewis, Washington. So when I got to my unit, infantry unit, no one wants to be a sick call ranger. At least that's the, the term. Uh, I know there's other terms talking with other guys back in Vietnam and so forth over the years, but with, uh, with me, it was sick call ranger. You never want to be labeled as a sick call ranger. Once I got to my unit, being in the infantry or all hardcore and everything, um, I went to a, a reconnaissance platoon. So I didn't want to be part of the, uh, the line company, no offense to the line company, but I want to be a part of the elite. That's what I wanted to do. I want to be better than the next person next to me. So my platoon sergeant told me, you go to sick call, you're done. You're going right back to the, to the line company. And I'm like, hell no I'm not <laughs> I'll, I'll suck it up I'm not going to do anything I mean I remember doing uh the GFT and I mean I had like my elbow like I had a bruise or something I thought I basically broke my arm and I remember not going I I don't have that documented I barely have my knees documented and that was after my post-deployment questionnaire and I have a little uh window of time frame where I basically said hey look I got knee complaints and that's the only thing that's really helping me out between that and then obviously deployment. But I mean, if, and I suffer from my PTSD because of it and it's okay. I mean, I accept it now, but back in the day, like you, I didn't want that stigma. I didn't want that to, to be known about me. And I mean, now I, I understand the symptoms that I go through. Um, but when I first got out in 2011, I went and uh, finished up college. I had a couple years to do. And when I went in there, every room that I was in and I didn't realize it until here in the last couple of years, I always had my back to the wall. I'd always make sure that I had eyes on when I walk into a room, what do I see? Granted, I had my reconnaissance training of saying, Hey, you know what? You need to be able to kind of be able to know which way the doors open, how many windows are there? What's the exit and so forth. But after deployment, it was a whole different ball game. And it's, I mean, I used to work downtown Chicago. I, I don't want to go back there. There is so many different, to me, choke points and so forth. And so many people, loud noises, you name it. I just don't want to be around that anymore. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. Um, and so that's hypervigilance. And then when it comes to it, there's 31 different symptoms for mental health. And if you don't know those, and I was in the same situation when I first got out, I went to the, my VSO. VSO said, hey, what do you got? And, oh, you're 11 Bravo, you're infantry, you deploy, you got ringing in the ears. Okay, hey, we're going to put you in for PTSD. I was like, I don't have a PTSD. And so I go to the exam. Lady was super, super nice. 
gave me an hour and a half. You don't hear about that very often. Usually it's like, hey, 35, 40 minutes. And I've been through bad exams and I've been through good exams. I wish I knew my symptoms that first time leading into that exam. And that's what BACI does is we have these coaching, these uh, classes and these office hours of being able to ask questions leading up to exams. Hey, what are you going to be asked? What are the symptoms? That's where we say, hey, let's go find the 38 CFR, figure out, okay, hey, if you think you're at a 50% claim, well, why? So a lot of times people say, hey, I think I should be at a much higher rating for my tinnitus, my ring in the ears all day long. I say, okay, hey, all right, so what do you think you should be at? Well, I think I should be at a 30, 40% because my ringing in the ears is so bad. Okay, well, let's go pull up 38 CFR. Question. It's only a 10% claim, no matter what. Yeah. So if you don't know what those ratings are and those criteria and the symptoms are for that for that percentage, then you're you're gonna be unprepared. You're gonna downplay everything to get that compensation. Yeah. So you gotta know what you're doing. They basically give you the test in a way. And it's not malingering. It's not lying. You're not stretching the truth. You're just being educated. And that's the difference between that and a false claim. And we don't know. We don't stay you're, away from you're telling, you're telling the truth based upon your symptoms. Okay. Now, we've learned, folks, you only know what you know. Mm -hmm. And you don't know it until you know. And if you don't know, you don't know. Until you know, okay. So the point is, and you know, there's there's all kinds of BS floating around out there about you know these guys and gals are telling people what to say at the exams, and you know they're telling you how to show up, you know, looking disheveled. Uh, no, we don't. Okay, negatory. What we do is we help veterans understand what they are dealing with because what we've learned is most veterans aren't even aware of their symptoms. They're not even aware of why they do the things they do. Okay. You're not, you've got no awareness. You might think it's normal that you don't like to leave your house. You might think it's normal that you don't sleep well. Right. And you just you kind of go, well, I'm a veteran. Right. Veterans don't sleep well. Well, insomnia is typically a symptom of a mental health condition, anxiety or depression. So if you're not sleeping well, of course, you, you probably want to take a look at your at your diet and exercise routine. You probably want to take a look at how much caffeine you're consuming. But you might also want to get real about your mental health. And go, you know, I, I ain't sleeping well. You know what? I am kind of depressed. I don't, I don't do the things I used to enjoy doing. I used to love to play sports and I don't play sports anymore. I used to be real fit because I ran all the time. Well, I can't do that anymore because of my physical symptoms. Hey, I've, I've gained 50 pounds or whatever it is. And I, you know, I'm just not real happy with my life. Those are typically symptoms of mental health and the physical pain, your physical disabilities can further exacerbate the mental health and vice versa, right? I mean, how many people knew that depression, anxiety, and migraine headaches are very commonly connected to service-connected tinnitus, ringing in the ear syndrome, 
There are plenty of medical research studies that support the link between depression and anxiety, migraine headaches, a number of other conditions, and ringing in the ear sy syndrome, tinnitus, okay? So don't just be thinking about what are the direct service connection, primary disabilities I could service connect, what other conditions might I be eligible for? And here's an exercise you can do with me right now. This is one of the things we teach, okay? Who remembers head, shoulders, knees, and toes? Okay, I think there was a song about it. Yeah, I've got, I've got a six and a seven-year-old. We don't play it anymore. They tell me I'm, I'm stupid now and I'm, I'm dumb. And my son just called me a big oaf the other day because he, he says, you know, dad, you're, you're weird. Like you're, you're weird. And I was like, I know, dude, I know I'm, I know I'm weird. <laughs> I got a lot of problems, bro. Right. But head, shoulders, knees, and toes. I want you to think about this. You need to take an inventory of your body from head to toe. You look, look, you can do it right here, right now. You could, you could get out a notebook and you could say, do I have any pain, physical tingling sensations, any type of headache, any hearing loss, ringing in the ears, any nasal issues, right? I'll show you one right here. This is called a deviated septum, okay? So do you have any of this stuff? Anything down in your jaw, anything in your neck or back, cervical strain, any physical disabilities or surgeries, okay? Any mental health issues at all? Think about your symptoms and the things that you do. Dizziness, eyesight, tunnel yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, any breathing issues, respiratory problems, sleep apnea type issues, daytime tiredness, okay? Yeah, yeah moving down into, into the mid and upper body systems. Think about GERD and IBS, acid reflux, okay? Irritable bowel syndrome, any issues with that? What about back type conditions, any radiculopathy, okay? Radiculopathy is a very, very severe uh, physical condition that happens when your spinal cord area pinches down the sciatic nerve, okay? That's called sciatica. Those are high value secondary claims that can happen in your arms and your legs, those tingling sensations. It's called radiculopathy when your nerves get pinched, okay? Any other conditions as you move down into the waist, hip issues, leg problems, knee issues, foot problems, plantar fasciitis, which is severe heel pain, okay? Now, obviously I didn't cover every possible condition, but that's what you gotta do. You gotta take an inventory of your body and understand what you're dealing with. Okay, Brandon, anything anything I might have missed there that you would add as you kind of go head to toe? Um, well, I mean, I would start, honestly, almost go the other direction. Um, so if you got your feet connected, think of it from ground up that your feet impact your knees, your knees impact your hips, your hips impact your back and so forth. And it goes from the ground up. So that's where if you have pest planus, flat feet or plantar fasciitis, that's service connected or a bad ankle that you complained about and you got it service connected or your knees are everything then gets impacted because of your gait change and all of a sudden because you have an injury on one you favor the other side and then it wears it out maybe you got arthritis you got 
fibromyalgia, you whatever it might be, you've got torn meniscus. If you have, uh, if you're rated for your knee and now you got a total knee replacement, that's a 30% claim. You need to file an increase. And that's another good part too. If, of course, there's just so much information. I literally could just go on for hours. And I do that with my classes. <laughs> we'll, but like, <laughs> we'll have to. But like, if your service connected at 0% or more, file an increase. All you have to do is show that things have gotten worse. And you got to know what those symptoms are to get to that next highest rating. And having a 0% is not bad because then you can build off of that as a secondary claim. Maybe you got 0% for sinusitis um, or allergic rhinitis, but maybe that then causes something else down the road, sleep apnea, some kind of respiratory issue. Now you can start claiming more higher value claims off of a 0%. So that's the way how to chip, chip your way up. And one of the things we talked with Barney was... Um, when we when he and I first talked was hey where are you at with your numbers and he's like well I'm I'm at ninety percent okay well are you at true ninety and he's like well what do you mean by that and this is what I mean is if you're at ninety percent compensation that doesn't mean that your true number is ninety it could be that you're at eighty five rounded up to ninety you could also be at ninety four rounded down to ninety so even though you go on your e-benefits, you see a little pie graph, that little blue thing that says, hey, you're at 70, you're at 80, you're at 90. Well, it'll either round up or round down. But when you're starting to say, hey, you know what, I am wanting to go for that next highest rating if it's an 80, 90, 100%. Well, you got to know where you're at. That way you can say, okay, in a way, I mean, it's, it's more knowledge. I'm, I do finances for the day. And so I'm always trying to forecast of like, okay, if I'm going to go for a 30 or a 50% claim, what will that get me up to? So if I'm, I've had a lot of people like, oh, hey, I'm at 90. And I'm like, no, you're at 85. And because they're thinking, okay, if I just have a 90 and I add a 10, 90 <laughs> plus 10 equals 100, right? Yeah, Wrong. 90 plus 10 is 100 in the normal world, not in yeah. VA fuzzy math. No, no. And, and, and that's that's one I, I get asked a lot of times. Uh, they're like, hey, I mean, I've, I've got 130%. Why am I not at 100% and so forth? And and there's a good way of trying to, uh, to actually run that. You don't mind. I'm gonna. You mind if I do a quick session? Oh, let's do it, man. Let's All do it. right. I got. I came up with this, so I'm hoping that this will work. So there's 100% right there. So the VA considers you 100% healthy before you file a claim. So you're 100% all green. Oh, let's see. Oh, sorry. So let's say you get a 70% for PTSD or mental health or anything. So the VA thinks you were at 100%. Mm -hmm. Now you take 70% of you. You only have 30% left. Yep. Right? So when you do 70, and let's say you do a 30%, or let's do a 50%. Let's say, hey, Brian, 70 plus 50 equals 120, right? Eh. Wrong. <laughs> that doesn't work that way. So how that works. So remember, we had 30% left. So if you did a 50% claim, let's say for headaches or sleep apnea or bilateral, bilateral uh, flat feet, basically you're taking this and you're going to cut it in half. So you got a 50% claim. Remember, you got 30% left. Now you're going to take half of it away. Yeah. So you went from 70 to 85. So you got 30% left. You got 50% claim. Half of that is 15. So you got 15% left. Now 
you're saying, okay, hey, I'm at 85. Now I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a 30% claim and so forth. So now out of that, you say, hey, I'm gonna do another 30%. Wrong. You're only at 90. You got 10, you got still another 10 more. Well, I should say another five more five basis points is what you're trying to get. So you gotta know where you're at. You're trying to get to that magic number of 95 if your if your end goal is hundred. Hopefully that makes some sense of that. Take a piece of paper and literally pull it apart and say, okay, this is what's left. This is yep. the good part. So here's that green part. Here's that's here's what's good. That's how the BA math works. And hopefully that makes some sense to people. I know it's kind of quick, hard, down and dirty, but oh, that, makes some sense. that was awesome. Thank you. That was that was awesome. I love the colors too. Um so I've had some vets, Brandon, who have said in the past, like, you know, this isn't fair. You know, I'm 160% disabled. I should be, you know, getting the max rating or I should be getting paid. Look, regardless of, of whether you think it's fair or not, I personally think the VA's fuzzy math calculation is fair. And the, re the reason why I personally think it's fair is because if your whole body is healthy, you'd be considered 100% healthy, right? You'd be considered 0% disabled, okay? Well, you can't be more than 100% disabled, okay? So it's not, it's not humanly possible to say, well, 100% of me is healthy, but I'm 265% disabled. Right. That doesn't make sense. So the additive cumulative method doesn't make sense. What we try to show you, fellow vets, to understand is if you believe you're entitled to a higher disability rating by law, you need to focus on the high value claims. You need to focus on CFR 38 part four, the disability conditions that you have, assuming you have them that can get you a 30, 40, 50, 70 rating. Because if when you start looking at the fuzzy math calculation, as Brandon alluded to, if you're at 85% or 91%, if you add another 0% into that, your rating isn't gonna change. If you add a 10% into that, it's not gonna change. If you add another 10% into that, it's not gonna change. But if you add a 50 into that for sleep apnea, if you add a 70 for mental health or a 60 for GERD or a 50 for bilateral plantar fasciitis, well, now you're going to get the increase. Okay. So part of this is what we teach, which is the SEM method. Strategy plus education plus medical evidence equals the VA rating you deserve. Okay. Now, the way that the SEM method is delivered is from incredible human beings like Brandon, okay, who are serving you every single day and educating you and coaching you so that you can take action to get what you deserve. Okay. And Brandon, I want to take some questions here in, you know, maybe sure. the five, 10 minutes we have left. So I uh, appreciate our teammates as well, by the way, answering questions live on Facebook. Uh, we're happy to to answer some of those questions now. Um, Eric, the bearded vet, if you want to flash anything across the screen, go ahead, Brandon. Oh, hey, uh, real quick, Brian, because you were talking about high value claims. If I go out and Google that, 
Am I going to find anything about height? What what a high value claim is? Probably not, because it's a made up term. Yep. So that's a third in VACI world. It's thirty percent or more. So when you start chipping away and you're trying to get to that magic ninety five, you got to start having those higher values. Mental health can get you so far. It's the muscular skeletal, other things that are non-mental health that'll get you the rest of the way. Um, so question, how do I start a secondary claim? I was just uh, rewarded 30% and they didn't include dependents. Um, so secondary claim, so you gotta be service connected, 0% or more. Um, and uh, all you have to do is basically go on the va.gov website and you, there's a section that says, is it a new claim or is it a sec or is it direct service, is it secondary? And so um, you got to be able to have, usually most times you got to have that medical nexus statement that says, hey, why is sleep apnea related to uh, PTSD or orthopedics or whatever it might be with, um, with maybe knees cause weight gain or back pain caused it so you couldn't work out or maybe something led towards um, the respiratory issues, um, sleep disturbances those different things, sometimes you need to have that medical nexus statement that shows that gap and, and builds that bridge of why 20 years ago, you didn't complain about it and now there's an issue. So you uh, maybe yeah. medication causes headaches. Medication always has side effects. So go out there and figure out, you can go to almighty Google, do a Google search and say, hey, this particular medication, Zoloft, what's the side effects? Does it cause weight gain? Does it cause um, yep. headaches. Does it cause Yeah, ED, um, uh, uh, delayed ejaculation. I mean, for the guys, I mean, both of those, I mean, you can get special monthly compensation. That's an extra $110 uh, a month. So you're looking at another $1,200. Um, if you're suffering from it, claim it. I mean, those are things that a lot of people do and people don't realize that's outside of the, the compensation you're getting. So that's an additional, um, from that special monthly compensation. Um, if you're at 30%, um, you can claim your dependents, that's extra cash. Um, so you can claim your wife, your spouse, your kids, um, if your parents are dependent on you, any dependents you can claim, that's extra compensation. Um, uh, what is it, the assistance, um, uh, if your spouse has to basically take care of you, aid in attendance. Aid in attendance, yeah. Yeah. So, so one, different things. Brandon, one thing I want to add here, and this applies to everybody, not just the question, is look, it's the new year. If you're thinking about filing a claim in 2021 for an increase, maybe you're filing for the first time, maybe you're looking uh, like, like the previous gal who is looking to secondary service connect, go open a notice of intent to file. Mm -hmm. Go to va.gov, follow, log in with your DS logon or whatever you use, follow the prompts and start a new disability claim. As soon as you start it, that triggers what's called a notice of intent to file. And what that is, is it's a save the date. Your RSVP to the VA to say, hey, I'm about to file a claim. Hello. And it's three minutes. Then it's, yeah, it's quick. Three minutes, right? And then that gives you 12 months to actually gather all the evidence and things that you want to include in your fully developed claim before you actually file it. Okay. Now, the reason that the notice of intent to file is so important 
is it sets your filing date for back pay. Okay. So for example, let's say, let's say Brandon was at 50% right now. Okay. And he waits, he waits, he waits, he doesn't open a notice of intent to file, but he's gathering his evidence. And in December of this next year, he opens up his claim, he adds all his evidence and he files it. Okay. Three months later, the VA comes back and says, Hey, Brandon, you know, we awarded this. We think you're 90% now. We've increased you from 50 to 90. Okay. He's only going to get paid back to the date he started his claim, which if he waited till December, he's missing out on all those months ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So if you open a notice of intent to file now, today, right now, and then you begin gathering all your evidence, getting the medical evidence you need, if you need statements in support of a claim, buddy letters, whatever it is, then you actually file the claim three, four, five months from now. It takes the VA two to three months to adjudicate. If you get an increase, your effective date is going to go back to the date that you opened your notice of intent to file. And so we see vets that sometimes end up with a lump sum check of 10 to 15 to $20,000 on the date of their award. Okay. That's retroactive pay that you serve by law. You got to go. I've got a couple back pays like that. There you and, go. Uh, so the strategy is, and is do your intent to file. And if you, once you file your claim, if you think you're going to file it again or another one, after you file that claim, that intent, you can only have one intent to file open at any given time. So after you submit your claim, the next day, log back in and open up a new one. If you do it on the first of the month or if you do it on the 31st of the month, it still counts as that month. So in January, it's January 6th, you have until 31st to get credit for January of 2021. So once you're at that end of the month and you haven't done it, by all means, jump on that va.gov website and do it. It takes, like I said, two, three minutes. Um, that's usually even if you don't even know what you're doing and you're literally reading everything. It's only a few clicks and it's real quick and simple. Yep. Um, and so you want to know what I always ask people, hey, do you have an intent to file open? And do you, uh, do you know what, what rating you're at and so forth? And that's where we start off with. And, and from there, we, we start building our, our, uh, our strategy. I mean, there's a lot of information of when you're a new client, um, like I was back in February. I mean, I'm still young-ish, and I'm, I'm pretty computer savvy. There's sometimes you get in here and you're like, hey, it's a whole new. I mean, the VA world is a whole crazy space to be in. And there are so many different moving parts, who to call, what website to go to, because the VA has to have three or four different websites now. And you don't know which one you go to. Why is there a VA.gov? Well, that's where you file your intent. That's where you submit your claim. That's where you can get your VA letters. You go to eBenefits. That's where you get to see your pie graph and see what your service connected for, what you've been denied, what evidence you've used to upload your claim. And then you got your My Health eBet. Well, that's the, the health administration. So you got VHA and VBA, Benefits Administration. So separate. I'm getting confused. But yeah. yeah. So. You got that. And now, as of November, they took away, and there again, I, I can't remember if they took away the fax number for supplemental and higher level reviews. Yeah. So, so the fax number actually, I believe, as of December 30th, uh, so just a, a week ago, 
the VA has removed the fax number. Okay, now I haven't had anybody confirm whether it's worked or not. Personally, I hate the idea of faxing. The reason I hate the idea of faxing anything, okay, is you lose control. You don't know where it's going. You don't know if they're going to get your fax. You don't know who's going to process it. I would never take the chance of faxing anything to the VA. Now, what you can do, and we have a training video on this inside of our elite membership program, you can now do what's called direct access and direct upload to the VA. So if you've got a higher level review or a supplemental claim or a, a records only appeal to the board or something that you're trying to get to the VA, okay, you don't have to mail it. You don't have to fax it. You can upload it directly. Okay. I think it's called Access VA. Central um, Mail Portal. What's or, it called? Central Mail Portal with direct upload. Or, there we I go. Believe. So it's, it's one of those, if you don't have it, get with your coach, look at those videos. We definitely have a lot of information on it. Um, but yeah, you definitely want to do it. It's super simple. If you want to file, and here's another uh, tip too. If you are going to submit your claim or you know you're going to submit a claim soon, request your C file. It's going to take a year for that C file to get in. So if you want to, instead of waiting until after you get your decision, you can upload on that central mail portal on a simple 21-4138 statement in support of your claim. You can just say, hey, I'm requesting my C file or I'm requesting my CMP exams. You can be more specific. You can be for a specific date or something. And what you can do is basically forecast and say, hey, here's a cutoff. As of December 31st, 2021, please send me all my CMP exams. That way, if you need to, um, to fight a higher level review, that's one of the strategies is to see, well, why, why did they deny you? Read those decision letters. If you don't know how to read one, get with your coach. Join VACI. We'll help you learn how to do all that. There's key things that you can take away from a decision letter on why they basically tell you why you were awarded or low ball or why you were denied. And they'll tell you also what your favorable findings are. Do you have a current diagnosis and whatnot? Maybe in that decision letter, they didn't use evidence. That's where you can do a higher level review. Maybe that examiner at the mental health didn't check suicide ideation. Well, you don't know that. You may have told them all day long. And because they didn't check it, maybe lost out on a 70% claim. And, and they might have made a mistake. I mean, we right. the, the other part of this that I think we need to be realistic about is there's a lot of human error in the VA claim process. I mean, we've, Brandon, I'm sure you've seen this too. I, I've seen rating decision letters for the wrong veteran. I mean, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen clearly the VA made a clear and unmistakable error yeah. in how they looked at something. Okay? Or it contradicts itself. It's like, hey, we see a favorable finding and then we don't, or it's a secondary claim. I just saw this the other day. Here's a secondary claim and here it's a direct, the, and you're like, the title for the claim says secondary, but you're denying it because it's not a direct, like there's no direct evidence. And you're like, that doesn't make sense. Like it's completely backwards. And I see that a lot with other different examples. And it's it's like, did the person have bipolarism like when they're writing these? Like it, it makes that's, no sense oh, that's the human error. Brandon, you're spot on. And that's probably, that's probably the most disturbing thing that we see day to day 
is contradictory statements. You know, you'll see you filed for direct service connection and the rating decision letter doesn't even talk about it. Or you filed for secondary service connection and they denied it because their rationale is that a disability that starts or begins in service must be blah, blah, blah. You're like, I didn't file it for direct service connection. I said it was secondary. Um, you know, we see issues of causation aggravation, right? Where uh, a, a really common denial is obstructive sleep apnea secondary to PTSD. And we see denials where the CNP examiner will say, well, there's no medical research to support a direct causal link between sleep apnea and PTSD. And, and you go, I know that. That isn't what I said. I said, I believe my obstructive sleep apnea was aggravated by my service-connected PTSD. Causation and aggravation are two different things. Mm -hmm. right? Another common thing we see, CNP examiners try to be lawyers instead of doctors, or VA raiders try to be doctors instead of raiders. And I mean, I'll just give an example here. We, I've seen in denial letters where a VA raider will say something like, you know, I can't say with medical certainty that this is at least as likely as not. Okay. Well, that doesn't even make sense because principles of medical certainty don't apply to the VA disability compensation system. Okay. It's called at least as likely as not in, an, in a non-adversarial way. You're giving a medical opinion based upon the evidence of record, okay? Medical certainty principles don't apply, okay? Again, though, fellow vets, if you've never taken the time to start to dig in and understand why you were rated for certain things and what your rating was or why you were denied certain things, if you don't read your rating decision letter, it's gonna be very hard for you to come up with a strategy with your coach to challenge the denial, okay? You gotta get educated in the system. Okay? Hey, on that point real quick. Um, so if you forgot your, like if you lost your decision letter or you haven't or like, yeah, excuse me, typically it's seven to 10 days for the, them to mail you the decision letter after the decision's been made. If you don't have it at day 10 and they don't count Sundays, so Monday through Saturday, as the as the days counted after it's been mailed, um, if you don't have it, call the 800-827-1000 number, and you can actually ask them to email you the decision letters. Or if you've misplaced them, they can email them to you. I've had it done. I've actually done it myself, and it's very convenient. Um, it's also very frustrating when you wait for those 10 days, and it still doesn't show up. And you're like, I know that I got denied because I went and looked at e-benefits, and I didn't see that my percentage went up when I knew because I forecasted what I would be at. And I'm like, hey, I would have gone up to maybe the 100% because I'm I'm at 91. And I won my claim, I'd be up to 100. And I didn't get it, so I know I was denied. Um, things like that. Um, at the same time, maybe that examiner is jaded and they've got their mind made up. I've had that before. I went in for an increase for PTSD. Went to this provider up in Lake St. Louis. Guy totally made up his mind that, hey, I didn't have all these symptoms. Even though I 
was talking about things that were easily at the 50 and 70% level, the guy literally just kept cutting me off, 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 off. And I've told you, Brian, before, called me, referred to me as the money tree. I mean, because I work for a bank and kept asking me for inside information on how to play the stock market. And I'm like, I don't even do that. I'm just a back office calculator. So things like that, if they're inappropriate, that's how you fight a higher level review. Ask for a new exam. They're like, look. The, the CNP exam system is a freaking debacle. It is, it is an absolute disaster. Okay. And I, I've said this before. If I were king for a day, I would abolish the CNP exam system. I'd get rid of it. Okay. I'd get rid of it. So here, think about this. When you file your taxes every year with the IRS, okay, do you file the taxes and then meet with a pre-adjudicator to question you and validate your taxes prior to approval or denial? No. You file your taxes on your honor in accordance with state and federal laws subject to future audits. And the government takes your word for it. That's the way it should be. So why the hell do we even have a CNP exam system? I don't know. I don't know. You know why we have one? Because someone decided we should have one. That's why. And then they decided we should make this law. And then they decided we should write multi-billion dollar contracts with former VA officials who now own these companies. It's crazy. It's absolutely ludicrous crazy it's a waste of taxpayer money i would demolish it's a disservice to the veterans at the end of the day too disservice to the veteran awful yeah man anyway i could rant about oh i mean you i'm sure you've heard a lot more stories than i have because i've only been around since july but i mean as a coach and i mean every time i talk to someone i hear a story and i'm like god i mean these guys from vietnam and be like, hey, first you had a bad war that you had to go fight or you were told that you were going to go fight and you saw buddies die or whatever and you came back and it was all messed up. Then the public's spitting at you, hating your guts because you're a baby killer. And then all of a sudden the VA, which back in the day was awful, even when I got out in 2011, was awful. They gave me ibuprofen and said, hey, you know what? You got eight out of 10 knee pain. All right, here, take some ibuprofen, 600 milligrams. More than likely probably led to my GERD that I've got now that I deal with and now I'm on a PPI. So, you know what, now I've got other stuff because the VA sucked back even in 2011. That doesn't even take back into like the 80s, 90s and stuff and early 2000s. And luckily, I mean, I will say in the last few years, I have seen since I finally gave the VA another chance because after 2011, I said, poof, see ya, I'm, I'm done. You want to give me ibuprofen? This sounds just like everything else. Next, they're going to cut my leg off. I mean, just one of those types of things of kind of the how we kind of viewed the VA back in the day. I will say, I think in the last years, because I came back in 2018, things have gotten a lot better. Um, they got a great mental health group. And if you need, reach out to them. We, I mean, compensation is wonderful. I mean, don't get me wrong. But at the, at the end of the day, we want to make sure first, you as a veteran are taken care of mentally and physically. Amen. That's first. We'll work on you getting that compensation. We'll find that key to crack the code and get you that connection. If it's a medical nexus letter, if it's trying to understand how to file a claim properly and so forth, or how to how to get that medical evidence that you need. Um, maybe it's a strategy that takes six months, eight months, a year to finally get that medical evidence so that you can actually build and show that chronicity that things are, are have gotten worse 
and that you meet this criteria to be compensated. And it's, again, sad that you have to then jump through all these hoops, all this red tape to then finally get compensated or just to find out that you get denied. Luckily, if things are going a little bit quicker now where you hear stories of, hey, I filed a claim back in early 2000. It takes five years just to get a decision that you were denied. And you're like, <laughs> well, why would I want to go do that again? And then you get denied and then it took you five years to hear from somebody on the appeal. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just... Man, Brandon, I want to key in on what you said, and then we'll do one more question live. And I appreciate, by the way, fellow vets, even if we don't get to your question, you can be asking it live on Facebook. You can comment here in YouTube if you're watching the recording later, and we'll try to come back and answer it. But Brandon said something as I was talking about the ridiculousness, right? I call it, I call it ridiculosity. Okay. Ridiculosity. It's a it's a it's a condition I made up. The CNP exam system causes ridiculosity. It should be service connected. The bottom line is the CNP exam system is broken. It's ridiculous that these private providers, many times who have no training, they're doing, they're taking on these extra exams in many cases to make more money, to fill up their practice. Okay. And who knows if they're trained? Who knows if they even understand the disability compensation system? Who knows if they have time to conduct a legal, moral, ethical, competent medical exam? I mean, Brandon, we've seen we've seen range of motion exams where the CMP examiner didn't use a goniometer to measure range of motion or decrease. And yet they wrote in their CMP exam notes, you know, veteran had full range of motion as measured with a goniometer. Well, you just lied because you didn't use a goniometer. Hmm. So how can you say that? Or wait well, a minute. They push you past the pain limit and you're like, look, I mean, that's how you get. And again, we're not telling you to lie, steal, or cheat. Yeah, lie, cheat, or steal, stretch the truth. But it, to get higher compensation, you can go out on 38 CFR. It'll tell you exactly range of motion. It's all about degrees. So if that doctor or that examiner pushes your knee past or your arm or whatever, and you're like, hey, look, I can only lift my arm because my shoulder so high or my knee or whatever, or my hips yeah. to a certain degree, yeah. then oh, if they push you past it, you're going to be lower. go up a little higher. Come on. I know you can go a little higher than that, right? <laughs> yeah, I can go up. My <laughs> Hopefully, we've seen some of the most ridiculous exams in the books and and folks to brandon's point and and i'll close this up here and then we'll do one more question it's a shame to our fellow veterans it's a shame it's an absolute downright shame and it's costing the u.s taxpayer billions of dollars okay that's another point. But again, if I were VA secretary, I'd get rid of the system. I'd, ab I'd abolish the CNP exam system. Okay, one more question. You want to take that one? Sure, yeah. So Frank, uh, we'll wrap up here with this question. Thank you, Frank. He says, can you explain the difference between a nexus and an IMO? Absolutely. I know sometimes it might get confusing. The nexus in VA speak 
simply means link or connection. Okay, so think about it this way. You, you heard Brandon mention the bridge. Okay, nexus. Think about it in terms of cause and effect. Okay, and let me give you an example. I'll use. I'll do this right now. Okay, the light switch is off. When I click the light switch, the light switch turns on. Okay, cause and effect. It's dark. I flip the switch. The light's on. It must be. The light turned on because Brian flipped the switch, okay? That was the connection to make the light turn on. Event A happened, and then the result is B. So let me give you an example of what that means. You were deployed in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom, subject to missions outside the wire, IED attacks, maybe you even lost friends and fellow soldiers, okay? That happens. Those stressors caused and triggered PTSD, a mental health condition. That's called the nexus. There's a link or a connection to the combat you experienced that triggered the mental health. That's what's called a nexus, okay? Now, in order to be eligible for VA disability benefits under the law, you have to be able to prove that your nexus, that connection back to your military service or to another service getting disability happened on an at least as likely as not basis. That means there's a 50-50 chance. That's a very low threshold, fellow vets, okay? That's what nexus means. An IMO, an independent medical opinion is an evidence-based document authored by a private healthcare provider who describes the cause and effect relationship, talks about the records they reviewed, your service history as a veteran, any medical research reports, ideology, what they discovered, and then they issue an independent nexus or independent medical opinion as to the likelihood that your condition was caused or made worse by your service. Okay. So the letter, the independent medical opinion, also called a medical nexus letter, they're used interchangeably. That is a document. It's a letter that discusses why the nexus is valid. Okay. They help you prove the nexus under the law. And if you're able to prove your nexus, you'll get granted service connection for that condition, meaning you're now eligible to have a rating percentage for that condition based upon your symptoms. So if you've logged into eBenefits, you click the left-hand side, there's a, tap, there's a link that says disabilities. If you see things in there that say not service connected, that means the VA denied your nexus. Okay. Now, if you've been previously denied and you think it's BS and you think your condition should be connected, get an IMO, get a nexus letter and go back at it. As Brandon and I alluded to, and Barney talked about it earlier. The VA disability claim process is never over unless you quit or die. Okay, and don't you go dying on me. All right?
Okay. Fight's not over. Never over. Let me let me share one more thing with Barney about Barney. So yeah, yeah. I still remember this is what's awesome being a coach now, being on this side of it. Being a client was obviously you go through the trials and tributes and all, and then I'm still doing it. I'm still trying to fight, but at the same time, being able to finally give back, and that's what I love being a part of this group is that I finally get to go out there and like return the favor and be like, hey, BACI helped me and my family. Now I get to return the favor and help every person I talk to. And I still remember I got a phone call from Barney and all of a sudden I answer it and he's just screaming at the top of his voice. I did it. I did it. I did it. And he's like, we, we did it together. And I'm like, holy cow, that's awesome. Like, you know, I mean, we're just <laughs> celebrating on the phone. And I was like, and all of a sudden he tells me, he's like, you're the first person I called. Like I just found out three minutes ago. I literally couldn't believe it. And the first person I want to tell was you. And he's like, and I, I mean, you want to talk about being humble and joy and everything just going through you and just wanting to give back. And you're like, wow, everything we did, all the work that we put behind the scenes paid off because we helped educate. We got the medical evidence. And at now Barney and his family are taken care of. They're getting the compensation he deserves. And they're going to be able to have that for the rest of his life. Um, and it's just amazing to be able to give back to him. And I don't even know how many people you've helped since you started this company. I don't know if you, you have any stats like that of how many yeah. lives have been changed. Oh, man. I mean, so we know directly about 15,000 uh, as of, you know, end of December, 15,000 veterans um, in our programs directly. But we also know there's about 500,000 veterans that come, you know, to VA Claims Insider and Military Disability Made Easy and HireVeterans.com every month, um, you know, taking advantage of our resources. And so we know that, of course, the we've directly helped 15,000 in our programs. We know there's there's millions who are getting help. Um, all the time, you know, with our resources. And so it's incredible, man. It is a blessing. And, and Brandon, I want to take a second to thank you. Okay. Because Brian Reese doesn't serve veterans as a coach anymore. Right. I can't, we just, we've grown too big. There's, there's too much of a need. And so, you know, we need great human beings like you who care deeply about serving and supporting fellow veterans uh, in accordance with everything we teach around here, man. And and I'm just proud to serve with you, bro. I, I learned I learned some stuff on this call today. I didn't know that uh, I didn't know that you could call the 800 number and tell them to email you a copy of your rating decision letter. I didn't know that. So I mean again, folks, nobody knows everything. You learn something new every single day, and that's part of why we do this together live and in community okay and we got our group behind the scenes i mean we pick each other's brains of hey i may know something you may not and you may know something that i don't and so we we collaborate behind the scenes and we, we definitely help each other and we want to make sure we get that information to you um and sometimes it's it takes a little bit more time sometimes we have our bad days and good days and other times it's straightforward and it's easy um but at the end of the day we're, we're putting in our blood sweat and tears trying to get everyone the information that compensation that they want if um if anyone was on the fence of joining how do they uh how do they go about joining brian yeah so i mean you can get started right from our website you can go to vaclaimsinsider.com uh there's a button that says you know click here to start free um and you can complete the intake i mean i think it literally takes less than about two minutes 
to enter your basic information and, and tell us your current rating. Uh, and literally, you're going to hear from me. You're going to get a welcome message from me in a matter of minutes. Okay. You're going to get connected to a coach in a matter of minutes. It's happening in about 10 to 15 minutes from the moment you sign up to work with us. Okay. So if you're freaking sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're just done, you're done being frustrated. You've exhausted your free services. You know, you deserve an increase. You don't know how you're too busy with other stuff and you know, you need more medical evidence. Look, this is for you. And there's over 800 claims that you can actually claim for you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Brandon. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to overcut. But just to go on there, there's over 800 claims that you can file for. So, I mean, if there's a lot of things I didn't know. I didn't know headaches. I didn't know GERD. I didn't know IBS, radiculopathy. Didn't even know what that was. So, if you think, go out there and Google. If you don't know or jump on, Brian's got so many different blogs and stuff of every type of claim. And there's a whole list of, hey, see if any of it relates to you. Yeah, man, I'm glad you brought up the blog. I mean, we're, we're writing free content, high-value content, at least a post a week, sometimes two. Uh, there's a new post out about anxiety. There's a new post up about asthma. Um, a lot of vets didn't, don't even know that if you've got asthma, that can be service-connected. And asthma could also be secondary service-connected. And asthma is a high-value claim that a lot of vets don't even know about, depending on your symptoms. So, man, look... We just we'd love to serve and support you um, if you need some help. That's what we do, um, and it's it's an absolute honor to get to do this with y'all. And, and Brandon, again, thank you, brother, for being here today. Um, Barney, I, yeah, man, we're gonna do this again. Okay, we're gonna do it again. Uh, Barney. Thank you, brother. I know you had to jump off uh, and get back to work, but we appreciate you jumping in and sharing your story. Um, Eric, the bearded vet. All of our teammates on helping out behind the scenes. Thank you. Okay, thank you. We ca I can't do this alone. We can't do this without you. I really appreciate it. Um, and to all you fellow vets, love you. Okay, love you. You're my peeps. You're my peeps. We love doing this together. So, okay, we will see you next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central. All right, we'll talk to you real soon. All right, stay safe.